1: If you live in the US, November to early January is holiday gathering season. People get their ugly sweaters, potluck dishes, and festive playlists ready for get-togethers of all sorts. But it's not at all common, or uncommon that is, for some people to get prepared in another way, and that's being ready to navigate complex and sometimes complicated family dynamics, or gearing up to manage conversations about hot-button topics. Joining me in studio to talk about how folks can equip themselves for such possibilities, we have Dr. Marva Robinson, Licensed Clinical Psychologist. Dr. Robinson, welcome back to St. Louis on the Air. Thank you for having me again. Now, before we dive in thanksgiving is just a week away so we want to hear from you how do you handle family conflict during the holidays what's got you on edge around gathering with family for this holiday season and do you discuss politics identity or culture at holiday gatherings what do you expect might come up at a get-together in the coming weeks send an email to talk at stlpr.org or call us at 314-382-8255. That's 314-382 talk. So, Dr. Robinson, let's get right to this with a question that we received from Liz on Instagram. Okay. Do you have advice on how to shake up old gender roles that allow men to relax while women do
0: unpaid labor during holiday gatherings? <laughs> Great question. Um Sometimes a lot of this falls on whomever is hosting the Thanksgiving gathering. So if the person who wrote the question is not the host, I would suggest linking up with that person in advance. Maybe adding some challenges to the gathering. Um, For example, who can make the best dish of this or that and incorporating the men as well as the women into the challenges. Mm -hmm. So that may be one way to go about it. Or having a discussion about it. Um, It also depends on the size of the gathering. You know, I usually say the larger the gathering, uh, the more opinions you'll have, the more different backgrounds you'll be bringing. So it can make for a very lively discussion. Mm -hmm. Um, However, smaller gatherings, it may be a little bit easier to navigate that. Um, But I think it's worth throwing a topic like that out. You Mm -hmm. know, how can we change things or Not shaking things up this year, per se, but having the discussion about what next year will Mm. look like. Okay, so preparedness in that sense. Preparedness, yeah.
1: Now, one of the things um, that we have talked about on this show outside the holidays, it has to do with people's identity. Right. Um, And last week, I spoke with sound healer Aria Tomei, who's using therapeutic techniques to help people heal from religious trauma. And she had told us that her relationship with her family is complicated and that holidays can be
2: tough. I have three sisters and a brother and all of their kids. If I visit them individually, Elaine, they will call me Aria and they will use the proper pronouns. But if we're in a situation, say like a Thanksgiving or a Christmas, they won't advocate. Like they're advocating stops. Mm. Like if dad misgenders or if dad um, misnames, they will not correct him. Um, And so I just had to draw the therapeutic boundary that I don't wanna be in a, a situation where the kids are allowed to call me one name and mom and dad are allowed to call me another name. I don't want to have to explain again to my nieces and nephews why mom and dad are allowed to play by one set of rules, so to speak, and they can go by another set of rules Mm -hmm. um, as far as names go. Um, I just didn't want to be put in that position. And so I haven't been to Thanksgiving or Christmas in like four years. Mm -hmm. Um, I've just relied on you know, friends and people of the church, and other people who have been very supportive of my identity.
1: Again, that was Mm. sound healer Aria Tomei. Yeah. What comes up for you as you hear
0: that? Very heartfelt. Um, Unfortunately, I mean, it's, it's not uncommon. I applaud their ability to draw a boundary for themselves and to focus on wellness. Um, and then spending time with those that can appreciate you and validate you. I think that's the best thing that anyone can do. Um, Friendsgiving is often thrown around as like a trend or a fad, but it is really a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Thanksgiving and gathering should be about the family of choice, the family that support and whomever defines what family is for you, as well as the traditions. Right? I often speak with individuals who complain about Thanksgiving because of all the work it requires. And my response is, why don't you focus on making it fun for you? If that means takeout, then have takeout. Mm-hmm. So for the sound healer, if that means spending it with friends who love and validate you, then that is the definition of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, drawing a boundary can be painful and difficult, but also a necessary step. Um, We have to be unapologetic in teaching others how to love us and how to respect us. Um, And so it may be conversations that are had with the adults individually outside of the holiday in preparation or build up for the next year, Um, but explaining why I'm absent, what I would need to feel comfortable returning, and why I haven't. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to say that those conversations haven't taken place for that individual, but um, that's a way that if you're wanting to actively work on it for the next year, those are some steps that you can take.
1: Mm-hmm. We want to hear from you this hour. Will you be spending time around a difficult family member this holiday season? Dr. Marva Robinson is here to offer advice for what you are going through. Join our conversation by calling 314-382-8255. That's 314-382-TALK. Now, I'd open the segment talking about the time of year we're in. Mm -hmm. And you have in front of you uh, some notes that are very specific to not only what is going around around the holidays, but the months of November, December, January. Talk with us about that.
0: So one of the biggest things that tends to be the theme in my practice starting around end of August, certainly in October, is helping my individuals I work with prepare for the transition Um, with less daylight, uh, more time indoors, colder weather. Um, For some individuals, that can take a significant toll on their mental health. And so we really take advantage of um, flipping it, so to speak, and not dreading the fall, but finding the silver linings in it. So we talk about favorite winter activities. We talk about swapping out light bulbs for full-spectrum light bulbs. We talk about things like changing the scent in your home so that the fall and winter season has its own particular smell that elicits happy feelings. Mm -hmm. So yeah, winter blues are a real thing. Um, On average, about 15% of individuals may suffer from it, and it tends to run in families. Mm-hmm. So it is something that definitely comes up a lot, you know, dealing with the the change in the season and depression. Yeah.
1: So then it's a convergence of what is happening sort of mm-hmm. in our bodies as well as the dynamics Absolutely. that exist. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Now, insofar as families go, um, what Arya had spoken about had to do with kids and parents. Mm -hmm. So there are these generational differences. What is some of the advice that you offer to folks who
0: are dealing with that Mm -hmm. in particular? I would say focus on the beauty and the strengths that exist across those generations, right? So one of the things I've talked with an individual about is You know, welcome the younger generation and maybe allow them to do some sort of a TikTok challenge or show the rest of the family how to do a quick recording, right? So you allow them to have some expression and to bring in things that are important to them in terms of social media. And at the same time, make space for conversations about the family history, Mm. um, the family lineage, what that importance meant, what was Thanksgiving like for them when they were younger, so that the younger generation gets to learn from them as well. Mm So I say there's space for it all. Um, We just have to be um, accepting of making room and space and valuing that. Mm -hmm.
1: Kim is calling in from St. Louis. Kim, welcome to St. Louis on the Air. Hi. Hello. Hello.
3: So I'm uh, calling to ask a question. The patriarch in our family has for years said things that are um, inappropriate, I thought. But to keep the peace, I would kind of let it go um, uh, or just ignore it. Um, But now that the grandkids are getting older and they're hearing um, some of those things, I have started to become a little more assertive in um, in calling him on those. Um, And I just wanted to... To, it just you know so the the grandkids don't see that that's okay I don't want them to think it's okay to say those things mm-hmm. um, so do you have any advice on like how to <laughs> approach that yeah. in a way that'll be peacemaking and also move us forward
1: mm-hmm. and Kim before we go to dr. Robinson what are some of the things that that he has said
3: oh they they're, you, they're um, chauvinistic um, mm. or uh, racist
0: the racist isn't as blatant but the show the show the is pretty blatant right right <laughs> Kim thank you dr thank Robinson? you well first of all kudos to you for standing up for the grandkids and being that advocate for um, equality um, I think what you're doing is appropriate in that you are wanting to make the space comfortable for everyone. I understand the need to respect our elders. That's certainly a huge thing in my family, so mm-hmm. I get it. Um, so a couple of things you may want to consider is having that conversation before the dinner about what has occurred, what some of your concerns may be, and what your hope for them will be at the dinner. Um, That way you can have that conversation in private beforehand um, so that they're not surprised by you setting limits, but certainly reinforcing those boundaries if it still occurs at the dinner table. Um, But yeah, kudos to you for for taking that stance.
1: What about the possibility of having one-on-one conversations with the grandchildren
0: before or afterward? So that can be a bit tricky. It depends on how they react or respond in the past. Um, Because we don't want to send the message that we're sitting you down and talking to you, right, as if it's some sort of a punishment because someone else is demonstrating bad behavior. But it could also be about warning them about what may happen in some ways of setting boundaries. But I think what Kim is doing is, the best approach, which is she's teaching by showing, by mm-hmm. demonstration. Example. She's setting those boundaries and in, in advocating for for how she wants things to come. I mean, you could also do what's called um, a turkey day talk, ground rules, right? Like everyone are welcome, you know, these are safe topics, these are not safe topics. This is how things will go so that everyone is on the same page, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Thanks again for your call, Kim. Kim reached us at 314-382-8255. That's 314-382-TALK. We'd like to hear from you as well. We're going to take a very short break here, but when we come back, we will continue this conversation. Welcome back. Dr. Robinson, before the break, we heard from Kim, who's concerned Mm -hmm. about a patriarch in the family saying inappropriate things in front of his grandkids. Do you often hear from parents... Um, about generational differences in parenting and parenting techniques, like the sort of gentle parenting versus old school,
0: like absolutely. Okay, I, I I've witnessed it within my own. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, um, it that can be a, a bit complicated, especially if there may be a child that is in distress. You know how that child's parent responds versus how that child's grandparent or great aunt may respond can be drastically different. Um, And so I think it's just a great opportunity to see it as sharing a different way of how to do things. I would always encourage listening, you know, from adult to adult about, you know, what others may have to say, and you can always respectfully decline their suggestions, but, you know, seeing it as an opportunity to kind of share what has and hasn't worked versus seeing it as an attack. And so that makes it a less uh, defensive conversation. Mm -hmm.
1: And again, we want to invite you to this conversation. Thanksgiving is just a week away. So let us know how you are navigating uh, conversations before you even get together. What are some of the things that you would like some help and guidance on as far as, uh, you know, Talking or not talking about certain things. Give us a call at 314-382-8255 That's 314-382-TALK. You can also send us an email at talk at stlpr Org and on that note, we have Audrey calling from St. Louis. Audrey, welcome to St. Louis on the air Hi, thank you. Sure, go ahead
4: so My parents got separated many years ago, and my father got remarried, and to have a relationship with my father still means that I have to have a relationship with his wife. For my daughter to have a relationship with her grandfather, it means she is a part of the picture as well. I know that he would love for us to spend more time with him at the holidays, but there's a lack of respect and boundaries with his wife. In the past, we have requested to not have personally identifiable information shared about our daughter, and she included our daughter as her mother's grandchild with her full name and date of birth on the obituary, which is put in the newspaper for a whole bunch of people to now associate her to someone that she doesn't have any connection to. So how can I better establish those boundaries, have her respect them while maintaining a relationship with my father and maybe one day work towards us being more comfortable spending extended
1: time at
0: his house? Mm. Mm.
1: Thank you so much for calling,
0: Audrey. Good question. The larger issue that I'm hearing is that there's a lack of boundaries with the stepmother, and I think that's something that may take a bit more time to address, um, beyond the Thanksgiving dinner. Um, however, the most important person, I think, to help navigate that would be your father. Um, having him to um, mediate the conversation since he knows you better than she does and he knows her better than you do, I think that he would be an important factor in, in massaging that relationship, uh, making your boundaries clear as you have done. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I think also being open to what is her wish for her relationship with you, so that you can also hear the positives that she's looking for, although she may be going about it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. um, just kind of also um, seeing if there's some some compassion that can be there. But definitely having your father a part of this will will be important. In terms of the holidays, um, I think if you want to spend time with your father and he would like for you to be there having a conversation in advance about what the expectations are, but giving it a try. Um, What we try not to do is to think that because last year went left, (laughs) that this year will be the same. And so approaching it with a new sense of optimism may allow your approach to be a bit different. Um, However, if you find yourself in a situation that is uncomfortable for you and your daughter, and you've expressed your boundaries, then, you know, you take whatever necessary precautions you can, but at least giving it that try um, to spend that time together for the holidays.
1: Mm -hmm. And Audrey, again, thank you. Thank you. So as we're talking, uh, Dr. Robinson, making decisions about how to engage or not to engage reminds me of something that is also very common, which is loneliness Mm -hmm. during the holidays. We're a lonely country in general. It's especially pronounced during the holiday season. Um, there's an epidemic of loneliness mm-hmm. and isolation. What would you say to, uh, to someone who is facing the possibility of being alone mm-hmm. on very specific days um, because they're, they're making a decision not to be with, with family who may hurt them?
0: I would say focus on also making decisions to do things as often as you're deciding not to do things, right? So we wanna have a balance. If I know that going to this particular family gathering will not be well for me, um, I wanna replace that with two things that will be good, right? Mm -hmm. So I may decide to do a volunteer, um, go to a local food pantry or a food kitchen, spend time with people that can help you know, bring up that sense of gatherness and, and and thankfulness. I may lean into friend invites. There may be other family members. So I will look for other ways to avoid being completely alone mm-hmm. and focusing on where I can't go um, and just expanding those opportunities of things that I can do.
1: Yeah. Another thing that is happening now uh,
0: is time of
1: war, right?
0: Last year,
1: I believe that you you talked about uh, what what is happening in Ukraine and the latest Israel-Hamas conflict. Mm -hmm. It may be particularly polarizing around uh, dinner tables. And there are mental health struggles for those who are watching what's happening, both those who have connections overseas or those simply keeping up with the news. I mean, on On our station, we we hear coverage of it all the time. Right. Yeah. How would you advise people to deal with that? And if it is coming up, um, are there ways to effectively sort of uh, evade in the moment Mm -hmm. in a way that just is not possible to? like talk over beforehand?
0: Right, yeah. So definitely, I'm sure that will come up. And that is a very divisive topic. Um, I would say that regardless of the settings that I've been in and have heard conversations, I think one thing that is consistent is the amount of sadness and grief, right? So there are things that are common things that, regardless of which side you're on, that you can agree that are just heartbreaking. I generally recommend that for Thanksgiving and large gatherings, to not have the news playing in the background, right, right, because that can be triggering. You can't control for which images may pop up, or you know who may want to turn it to a different news station. So, I would really suggest not having the news on or playing at all during dinner, um, and focus on compassion and empathy versus one side being right or the other. Mm-hmm. And very quickly, I mean, is
1: moving to another room. In, in the, the home or where you are, is that also a
0: tactic that can be used? You can move to another room. Sometimes you may need to take a break. Um, I've talked with individuals about their emotional IQ, right? So practicing compassion, empathy, but also being aware of your emotions and when you need to take that break.
1: Mm-hmm. Is having a partner in that? helpful, like oh, it's designating helpful. someone.
0: Okay. It's helpful. There's apps you can download um, to kind of do a check-in or practice a quick coping skill. You may want to take a break and spend time with the kids or do something outdoors or maybe change the subject to what can the family do to prepare for next year or a charity, uh, maybe sports, but something to kind of guide the narrative mm-hmm. a bit. Dr. Marva Robinson is a
1: licensed clinical psychologist. Thank you so much for coming back to the show. Thank you for having me again. And helping us to navigate upcoming holiday gatherings. This episode was produced by
4: Emily Woodbury. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Doerr.
2: Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group.
4: Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show.